You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. You know, we're today we're celebrating that like 25 people follow the Lord in obedience to be baptized. And can I tell you, it's not just a big number that matters, but it's every single individual. Like in the 830 service, there was one guy that got baptized there. And that one guy matters. Every person matters. And everything we do here matters. It's like people are finding Jesus here. And if you're a spiritual investigator, this could be the very place where you meet God. And look, Everything we do, whether you're worshiping God and singing along or whether you're going to a tribe group or whether you're volunteering out in the parking lot or in the cafe or Kid City or City Youth, it all matters because people's lives matter so much to God. And that's why as I teach you from God's word today, be attentive because it matters. You might learn something today that changes your life or the life of someone else. And so with that in mind, let's bow for prayer and ask God by his spirit to speak to us today. Father, as we look into passages from your holy inspired word, we ask that you would change us. We ask that our spiritual eyes would be awakened to you, your presence, your power, and your spirit, and your love. You are what we want, Jesus, and so we ask for your help to encounter you today. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So today, we start this brand new teaching series called Puro Purpose, okay? And you're saying, what's Puro Purpose? What's that all about? Well, first of all, you have to understand what Puro San Antonio is, right? Because maybe you've heard people say the words Puro San Antonio. And if you're a transplant to San Antonio, you need to kind of focus in to understand the city in which you live. And I brought a few things or a few ideas or a few characteristics of people that are Puro San Antonio are things that we do that indicate we're Puro San Antonio. And so here's what I want to get a raise of hands. If you or someone you know has been to the San Antonio Rodeo three or more times, anybody raise your hand if you or someone you know has been to the Okay, that's Puro, okay? Uh, check it out. The second one is, how many of you ever crave Lucas or Chamoy? Anybody besides me? That's my hand, okay? I do too. Okay, I know what I'm doing after church today. I'm thinking about Lucas and Chamoy all day during these sermons and I'm thinking to get me some after church. But look at the next one here. How many of you are know someone that eats Big Red and Barbacoa? Anybody? Big Red and Barbacoa? That's Puro, okay? Uh, check out this next one. How many of you or you know someone that's gone honking after a Spurs playoff game? Anybody honking? Okay, we got some honkers around here, a bunch of honkies. Okay, right on. Uh, that is Puro. And then the next one is, how many of you or you know someone that's camped out at Brackenridge Park during Easter week? Anybody done that? Okay, we got some campers out there. Anybody um, like eating chicken on a stick at Fiesta? That's Puro. I love me some chicken on a stick, man. Uh, that's another thing. I need to find that after church today. How about this one? How many of you have ever gotten that reddish-orange coloring on your hands because you're addicted to Takis or flaming Hot Cheetos? Okay, that's pretty puro. How many of you have ever felt anger because of Kawhi and his mom, Yolanda Saldivar? Anybody felt anger about that? Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's. 
That's Pluto right there. Anybody? Okay, this, here's the next one. Raise your hands if you ever said, nobody shut up. Anybody? Anybody on that one? Okay, so that's totally Pluto, isn't it? Got some Pluto people. So if you're Pluto San Antonio, you know what that means. It's like Pluto in Spanish means pure. It's like authentic. So if you're Pluto San Antonio, you're pure, authentic, legit, for real San Antonian. But let's take a look at the word purpose for just a minute. Here's a definition of purpose. If you just looked it up in a dictionary, it's the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. See, there's a reason for which you and I exist. And so you put those two things together, puro and purpose, and it's basically that you're living authentically in the purpose that God has given you as a follower of Jesus Christ. You follow me on that? When you're walking in your puro purpose, you're walking in the pure purpose that God has given to you as a follower of Jesus, if indeed you follow him. Now, if you've been around here for any length of time, you've perhaps looked on our walls and you know that what we're about here at City Tribe Church is we want to help people to know Jesus and we want people to cultivate freedom in their lives. And then we want people to do what? What's the third one? Discover purpose. And the more that you and I can discover our purpose in this life, the more we can do the fourth one, which is to make a difference in the world. And so during this series, we want to encourage you to pursue your purpose. Pursue your, not just your purpose, but your what? Puro purpose, okay? If you're a gringo like me and you don't know how to say puro, just say P-U-D-O, okay, pudo, okay, just say it like that. That's a starter kit for learning to say pudo in the pro appropriate manner. So let's say it together loud and proud with passion and conviction. When I point to you, if you're online, you got to say it too. Ready? Here we go. Pursue your pudo purpose. That's what we want to do is pursue our pudo purpose. Now, the thing you got to understand about purpose is there are a lot of misconceptions about purpose. See, a lot of people think that you only have one purpose in life. But the reality is, is that there are actually at least five that I'm aware of, five purposes in your life. We'll explore those in the coming weeks. Um, some people, when they think about their purpose, they associate it only with their job or their career. And what you got to understand today is that your purpose is so much broader than just what you do during the day to make money to pay your bills. I would agree with pastor and author Rick Warren, who says, the truth is there are many careers that can be in God's will for your life. God is more concerned with what you are than what you do. He says, we're human beings, not human doings. God is more concerned about your character than your career. And all this is a part of your puro purpose. So with this in mind, let's look at a clue towards our poodle purpose today in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 from the message version of the Bible. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original what? Purpose in everything created, for everything, absolutely everything, whether it's the stuff that's visible and 
invisible, all of it, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its what? Purpose, where? In him. Everything finds its purpose in him. And so here's our poodle purpose for today is intimacy in him. Intimacy, where? In him. We want to look at intimacy in him. You're designed by God to encounter him and to encounter him more intimately. Now, if you're dating someone, um, you've perhaps met them at hopefully church <laughs> or at, you met them at work or maybe you met them on a dating app or something. You've seen them, right? And then you meet them out, don't you? Those of you that are singles and you meet them out for coffee or you meet them at a restaurant because you're vetting that person, aren't you? You're, trying to, you're not going to invite them over to your apartment yet because it's like you're trying to figure out if they're an axe murderer or not, right? I mean, you're just like, I need to vet this person before I let this person into my apartment. And this reminds me back when I was starting my relationship with Jeannie when we first started dating. I mean, we'd gone out on a couple of dates. We'd gone out. And then finally the day came when she invited me over to her apartment. And I went into her, I went in, she invited me in to her apartment where we could hang out and I could meet her roommates and we could talk and hang out. That's what we were doing. Okay. Some of you are thinking I went into her apartment doing something else. We're not doing that something else. We're just talking, right? And we're just getting to know each other, right? And so uh, this is what was going on. She invited me in. When she invited me into her apartment, it was a development of, it was a movement towards a deeper level of intimacy. Can I tell you that what God wants for you he wants to be invited into your apartment. He wants you to invite him into your apartment and he invites you into his apartment. You know, there's this passage that we studied back in Revelation, remember, where he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come in and I'll hang out with you and you can hang out with me. See, it's a new level of intimacy when you open the door. So um, what intimacy have you been looking for? in recent days. Some of you have been looking for intimacy, aren't you? Because we're wired and built by God to look for intimacy. And some of you who are single, you're looking to meet that hot wife, you know, that hot Christian wife. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should look for that. And then some of you have been looking for that hot Christian husband that, you know, makes a lot of money and likes to talk about your day, okay? That you're looking for that and there's nothing wrong with looking for that. I pray that you get that guy, okay? Some of you are looking for a deeper level of intimacy and relationship and connection with your kids and or your parents. That's a good thing to pursue. But here's what I want you to understand today is the deepest, greatest, most uh, fulfilling intimacy that you and I can encounter is intimacy in him. That's what we're looking for today. And here's another thing that we've got to understand is that whether or not you're a Christ follower, you get clues towards your poodle purpose through what's called soul cravings. Now look, if you crave something, can you crave something if it does not exist? No, you can't. You know why I'm craving chamoy right now? I'm thinking about it. I'm like thinking about the sermon. I like, chamoy, chamoy, you know, uh, Lucas. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I crave it because it exists, see? And your cravings often 
point you towards something that's real and tangible that it actually exists. And so humans all have these cravings in their souls. I'm going to talk about two soul cravings today. One is eternity. Eternity. Remember what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He says, he, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set, what? Eternity in the hearts of humankind. And so I was thinking about this one day when I was having lunch with a friend of mine. We were having lunch at a Vietnamese restaurant. We were eating some food. My friend was a spiritual investigator, and he was trying to figure out, you know, uh, what he thought about Jesus. And as we were talking at the table, he was explaining to me how he feels about his three-year-old daughter. And this guy just loves, loves, you know, his daughter. And he was saying, Doug, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me that when my little daughter passes away, that she's just going to, you know, dissolve into the ground like a dead animal along the side of the highway, you know? Now, of course, who knows? Maybe animals be in heaven too, but uh, what he was coming to terms with is the fact that his daughter is an eternal being. And the reason that he couldn't get that out of his head is because God has placed eternity in the hearts of humankind. But look at the second soul craving is purpose, significance, meaning. Purpose, significant meaning. According to, um, you know, the Bible, everything finds purpose in him. We just read that in Colossians just moments ago. We all have this soul craving for significance. If I went around the room and I started pointing at people and I said, you're not significant. There's no point to you. You're not significant at all. That would feel wrong, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? And you know why it would feel wrong. Because you and I have been uh, wired by God to feel a sense of significance, meaning, and purpose. It's the reason the book, The Purpose Driven Life, is one of the best-selling books of all times. We're all looking for something that makes sense of this life. What do all children who are around three years old ask? What question they ask that starts with the W? Why? It's like, the sky's blue. Why? 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 They ask you why. Moms, you're tired of answering the question. Dads, you're tired of answering the question, why? And how did you know that? Because God has placed purpose and meaning in our hearts. You know, some years ago, I was interested in this magazine called The New Scientists. And they had an issue of that magazine called The God Issue. And in this magazine, the big idea was basically that we all have this God-shaped space waiting to be filled in our lives. And I was kind of interested in a quote from Oxford researcher Justin Barrett. And look at what he said. The vast majority of humans are born believers, naturally inclined to find Religious claims and explanations attractive. And when it comes to the origin of natural things, he says that, he talks about children. He says when it comes to the origin of natural things, children are very receptive to explanations that invoke design or what? Purpose. See, science tells us that we're wired for purpose. And one of our purposes is to grow in intimacy with 
him, intimacy in him. Now, I want to show you five facets of intimacy as I was thinking about it. Show you five facets of intimacy. And the first one is the facet of intimacy as it relates to being a consumer. Because a lot of people come to church kind of like consumers, don't they? You come to church and you want something. That's why you came. What is it that you want from God? And some people come to church because they want God to fix their addiction. And they want to get over or get free from that addiction. Other people come to church because they want God to fix their marriage, right? Some people come to church because they're asking God, fix my career, or give me a more fulfilling career. And there's nothing wrong with desiring any of those things. But here's what happens is that typically when I will align myself in intimacy with him, it tends to fix other things in my life horizontally. If I am vertically, vertically connected to him, it tends to fix my addiction because I'm so happy and, in, and loving my connection with him in intimacy. See, and this all dawned on me some years ago. I was teaching a class over at the Bandera Road City Church on sexual brokenness. And I was really proud of the people in the room because it was a bold group of people who had honestly come to terms with their addiction to looking at porn and sexual brokenness and these types of things. And I was teaching the class and I was telling them my story that I've told here many times of many years ago when I was miraculously set free from, you know, addictions in that area of my life. And I, I stopped in front of the class. I kind of froze because I had a realization hit me like a ton of bricks in a moment, standing up in front of a class. And the realization was this, that the true reward in me getting free from that addiction many years ago was not just the freedom from the behavior that I didn't like. Because you know that some people get free from addictions apart from God. It happens. But the real reward in that encounter was a deeper level of intimacy with him. That was the true reward in that encounter is more intimacy of him. And so, um, you know, let me, let me illustrate it like this. Is, you just, I love being in the presence of God. And I'll, I'll just point someone out. If, if I know you, you're in jeopardy of me pointing you out right now. Okay, so, so this is my friend ECS right here. Just raise your hand, ECS. Okay. ECS is my friend, and sometimes we hang around, and we like to hang around, and not because I want anything from him or because he wants anything from me, but because we're just friends. You know, it's just the reward is just getting to be around ECS and being in his presence. Do you ever hang out with your friends and say, okay, now here's what you need to do for me? You don't do that. You, you hang around with your friends because you enjoy being in their presence. And that's what God wants from us in intimacy. So number two, the second facet of intimacy with God is we want to pursue his presence. See, you know why a lot of people don't have God encounters? Is because they're pursuing his products, not his presence. You follow me? Some people don't have God encounters because they want his magic tricks, not his presence. They just want miracles. They, they, they want 
God, like a vending machine God who just gives them stuff rather than an intimate best friend. You follow me? But what we want is intimacy in him. But let's look at the next facet there, the pleasure of his presence. The pleasure of his presence. When you encounter him in a deeper level of intimacy, it's greater than any thrill you can encounter. I've done all kinds of crazy adrenaline things, you know, when I was much younger. Like one time we went skydiving and Jeannie and I went bungee jumping one time and it was a thrill. But it's nothing compared to the thrill of connecting with God in intimacy. You know, some of you have ridden roller coasters. Anybody ever ridden a roller coaster? And it's a thrill, isn't it? It's nothing compared to intimacy in him. Anybody like achieved a career goal, you know, you hit your numbers, you hit your goals, and it feels pretty good to hit your goals, but it's nothing compared to connecting with him in intimacy. Look, connecting with him in intimacy is more satisfying than anything you can encounter. It's more satisfying than our hobbies. It's more satisfying than that robust morning cup of coffee that you enjoy. Connecting with him is the greatest pleasure in all of the universe. But look at the next one related to intimacy, knowledge, and knowledge, knowledge and intimacy. Because a lot of people think that the more stuff I know, then the more I know God. But that's not necessarily true. Remember what Jesus said. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life. But he says, no, it's in me. It's intimacy in him. And certainly we love the scriptures. But in so much as they point us to him in intimacy with him. Look, look. in this service today, we're not just trying to puff your head up with knowledge and pride as much as we are wanting you to experience and encounter intimacy in him. What is the greatest commandment? Look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said, he said, the, the greatest commandment is to know all kinds of stuff and understand transubstantiation and five-point Calvinism and Arminianism? No, he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. It's intimacy. Now, let's think about intimacy and miracles. Intimacy and miracles. And part of the reason why I bring this up is because church people in America are being affected by whole church movements that are all about chasing after miracles. We understand that God's not the only one that does miracles, right? There, look, there, there's places in the Bible where, where Jesus tells a group of religious people, hey, you spoke in tongues in my name and you cast out demons in my name and you did many miracles in my name, but away from me, I never what? knew you. Knowing Jesus is about intimacy in him. And sometimes he shows us the miracles and it, it, the miracle's great so long as it leads to intimacy in him. You follow me? It's not just about the magic tricks. See, it's intimacy in him. And if anybody in the whole Bible saw miracles, it was Moses. When he was escaping Egypt, you think about it, if you've read the story or if you've seen the movies about Moses, you know, he saw the sea part, didn't he? That was miraculous. And then Moses 
saw like manna fall from heaven. You know what manna is? It's kind of like heavenly sopapillas, just falling from the sky. It's like, you know, you raise the flag, the sopapillas start falling from the skies, right? That was awesome. He, he saw quail fall from the sky, you know, to feed the people meat. He saw some miracles, but he wanted something more. He wanted intimacy. And we're going to look at some phases of intimacy when we get to Exodus here. Let me show you the four phases of intimacy real quick, and then we'll look at it in the scriptures. First off, you grow in intimacy when you learn his name. Then you have friendship. Then you seek his presence. And then you seek close proximity. So let's go to the text for just a minute. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. It says, then Moses had one more request. Okay, look, he'd seen all these miracles. He saw the sea part but it still wasn't enough. He had one more request. Please let me see your glorious what? Presence, he said. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before me and I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. Step one is you learn his name. It's the first step in getting to know him. And so here's, here's what I want to do. So someone that I don't necessarily know personally, I want to, sir, right here in the red short sleeve shirt, what's your name? Jose. My name is Doug Jose. So Jose and I just met. You know, we may have seen each other around here, but I didn't know his name. So I just learned his name. And so now we took the first step in a friendship, didn't we? And God's name is very important to him, and it's important for you and I to understand this is the way relationship with God works. Because some people, when they talk about God, they talk about the force, like on Star Wars, right? That's not God. God is not the force. Some people say, well, I'm talking to the universe. No, God is not the universe. He's way above the universe. He created the universe. God has a name. And remember when he said to Moses, I'm going to tell you my name, the Lord. The Lord is his name, Yahweh. Uh, we've looked at it in previous services during the Revelation series last year, where we saw the tetragrammaton, Yahweh, God's name. And he's very, very serious about his name. Jewish people in that day wouldn't even fully write out God's name. They wouldn't always even speak God's name because it's reverenced. It's revered. His name is so powerful, precious, wonderful. That's why we never take his name in vain. We always use his name with honor, love, and reverence. And that name, Yahweh, that God revealed to Moses. You know what it means. It just means I am. I will be what I will be. I will be what I am. And Yahweh is connected to Yeshua, Jesus, because some of you know that in the New Testament, some religious guys asked Jesus, who are you? And Jesus just said, I am. You know what he was saying when he said, I am. He's saying, I am God. And Jesus' name is powerful. At the name of Jesus, the scripture says, every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is 
the Lord. And so when you learn someone's name, you're progressing in a relationship. But look at the second facet of uh, intimacy, how you or the next, I guess, phase of intimacy is friendship in Exodus chapter 33, verse 17. Look at it. The Lord replied to Moses, you have found favor with me and you are my what? My friend. You see what God wants? God has always wanted. He wants friendships. Jesus repeated this to his disciples in the New Testament. I call you my friends. And Moses could not get enough of his newfound friendship with God. So he spent time with God in Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. In all this time, he neither ate nor drank. And the reason he didn't eat or drink is because he was so filled up by the presence of God. It wasn't that he was having to exercise his will to fast during this time. It was because he was being so filled, so fulfilled by the presence of God growing in intimacy with him. But look at the next phase of intimacy in Exodus 34, 29. He wasn't aware that his face glowed, right? Because he had spoken to the Lord, what? Face-to-face, see? Close proximity. Proximity, close proximity is important in intimacy. Remember earlier I told you about the first time that Jeannie invited me into her apartment? We continued dating. And then there was one night where, you know, I was wondering, I was leaving her apartment that night, and I was wondering, am I going to get a goodnight kiss tonight? And so as I was leaving her apartment, I had to kind of sense that the moment was right. You know what I'm saying? So in a moment, I just very gently reached my hand up and moved her face towards mine. And oh, yeah. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I was like, Julie Andrews on the sound of music. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Man, I was like Ric Flair the wrestler. Woo! You know? It's like, I got my goodnight kiss. And look, when you come face to face with him, it's like, woo! It's the best. It's the best. That's why we see in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, don't we? But someday it's going to be what? Face to face. Sure, it can be illustrated by the romance in a first kiss, but it can also be illustrated in the way your children love you parents. You know, at night when they're trying to avoid their bedtime and they jump on your bed and you're laying there together as a family and your little children grab your face and they turn it towards them and they say, look at me, look at my face, mommy, look at my face, daddy. They do that because they want your attention and that is our hearts towards God and that is God's hearts towards, heart towards us. He wants to be face-to-face in close proximity, in intimacy. In fact, the whole story of the Bible is God wanting to grow in intimacy. You go back to the Old Testament, the Bible, and he was in the tabernacle 
God was in that tabernacle. And then sometimes God was in the fire by night or the cloud by day. And God was in the temple. But that wasn't enough. When Jesus came, God was in Jesus and walked the earth. And then Jesus died on the cross, rose again from the dead. The Holy Spirit was given in Pentecost. And where is God now? Let me show it to you in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. This mystery, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, it's intimacy in him and Christ in us. But how do you get in him? You, you know, how do you get him in you? You get in him first by receiving the truth, believing the truth that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for you. There's a Chinese pastor named Watchman Nee, author and pastor that I've learned a lot from. And when he's talking about being in Christ, he references a news article. And the news article was one death. Here was the title. It was one person, three lives. And the news article was about a woman who was pregnant and she was murdered and she was pregnant with twins. And so three lives were killed that day. And that is like the cross of Jesus in that one person died on the cross, but many millions, if not billions of people were in him at the cross And it would be tragic if it ended with him just dying. But it's triumph because he rose again from the dead. See, and we rise with him like we celebrated last Sunday at Easter. See, so you may be asking, Pastor Doug, what are you asking me to do in light of this truth of intimacy? Well, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to show up here in person during this series every single week or watch online if you're a person that's sick or, you know, needs to to watch online. But if you possibly can, I'm going to ask you to get here every week to pursue with passion your poodle purpose and intimacy in him. Here's the second thing I'm asking you to do. I'm asking some of you to read this book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. If you want to discover purpose, this is a great place to start. And this book is an easy read. The chapters are like maybe four or five pages. And it's not designed for you to read it all at once. It's designed for you to just read a few pages each day to explore your purpose. Now, here's one of the things I understand is that Everybody's not going to do that. And so I'm praying for and asking and challenging you guys for a hundred of you to read The Purpose Driven Life. Take 40 days to explore your purpose during this series. And if you're going to be one of the ones, one of the hundred who actually do this after service today, I'm going to ask you to come and grab a book and throw maybe 15 or 20 bucks extra in the offering. That's, you know, the honor system to buy the book. If you don't get one here, if we run out here, then you can get on Amazon 
and it's on Amazon. You know, we'll post the link on our social. And I, before you leave today, I want you to sign one of those little name tags. There's these little stickers down there that look like a dart. And you sign your name on there that I am committing myself to pursue my purpose for 40 days during this series. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to pursue my purpose. You sign your name on the little dart sticker and stick it on the Poodle Purpose dartboard right here at the front of the stage. If you're worshiping online, you can just sign it in the comments online saying that you're going to do this. Is that clear? So with this in mind, let's bow before our good God and talk to him for just a minute. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your death on the cross and your commitment and love for us. And as we bow before you, perhaps there's someone that has never started love relationship with you and you'd like to right now, today, during this prayer, this is your moment. Just talk to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, I believe you're like the pregnant woman who died and I was in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and I believe you rose again from the dead to give me a new life. Welcome into my life. And as we continue in prayer, if you're one of the hundred that are going to be willing to sign your name up here and really do something about this, really pursue your purpose over the next 40 days, just in a real attainable devotional reading every day. I want you to look up at me and just raise your hand real quick. If you're going to do this, just look up and raise a bunch of us. Good. Good. Awesome. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Thank you. Lord, you see the faith that's being displayed right now. Some just raise their hands and they're going to come down and get a book and sign their name and do this. And I pray that you would guide them along the way and they would encounter more intimacy with you that's more thrilling than skydiving or our roller coaster or any other fulfilling thing on this earth. You are the ultimate fulfillment. And our hearts desire more of you. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, as we wrap up today, I have so much more to talk about regarding intimacy. And that is why we have our Awaken services. And the next Awaken is going to be Tuesday, May the 3rd. We'll be worshiping right here in the cameo on a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And we're going to be having Awaken services every other month, the first Tuesday of the month for the rest of the year so you can know the regularity of those Awaken services. And then as we think about how we invest our resources here at the church, because I know many of you give money here, you bring a first fruit tithe at the local storehouse, the church to further the kingdom of God because you want to put Jesus first in your life and his agenda. And I want to show you one thing that our money is going towards today down in Mexico with our dear friend Fidel Rubio. Take a look on screen as he trains kids to pray. Señor, bendice estos alimentos en el nombre de Jesús. Amén. A ver, niñas, pásenle. 
<laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? Isn't that cool? So it's like, man, kids who need some help and training the Lord and uh, supplies and resources, man, Fidel and Marianita are doing an amazing job of loving on children down there. And I want to thank you guys because I've been down there many times to see and um, you guys are funding folks to get the job done down there. And I thank you and honor you for that. For those of you that are, you know, investing here financially. And if you're new to City Tribe, I just want you to understand how we take up our offerings since we don't pass buckets or plates here. There are one of four ways that we get that done. One is you can mail your offerings in if you'd like to our PO box number. You can also text to tithe by following the instructions on screen. You can go to the in-person giving stations that are located near the exits and tithe, or you can donate online at citytribe.church slash tithe. So before you guys worship through your financial stewardship, let's stand up together and put a handout in a position to receive. Maybe if you're with your significant other or your crew, just put an arm around someone and receive these words on you. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here knowing his name, Jesus. Walk from here as his friend. He's your best friend. In close proximity, pursuing him and his purpose for your life. That now you would encounter him. And one day, you will see him face to face. You guys have an amazing Sunday, and we'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.